You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands on the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. And welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I am joined by Earl Serbetsi. Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I always want to make sure I get names right. It's my, my hardest part of starting the podcast. Um, and Errol is the co-founder of Darling Spring, which is an amazing e-commerce platform that celebrates female creativity. Earl, thank you so much for joining us today. Likewise. Thank you. For having so me. Tell us the the foundation of Darling Spring. How did you create it and the reason for existence? Um, well, Darling Spring is a designer store um, that's exploring the intersection of slow living, good design, and female creativity. We wow. sell um, unique home goods and gifts. Um, and also lifestyle products, and we curate exclusively female designer products. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of it. <laughs> and why female designers? I know, obviously, right now, we're really having this moment of focusing on uh, on diverse leaders and diverse products and services, and it's a really big conversation. But you obviously started this brand a while back with that same ethos in mind. So what was the root of deciding that you were going to focus on that specific demographic? Sure. Um, well, what you say is definitely true. It's a, it's a trending topic at the moment. But um, we, the co-founders, are designers by trade. And um, this is something close to home. And um, it's quite interesting that there's an enormous um, gender disparity in the industry. Um, it, we are, I mean, the design industry is definitely not, um, not immune to gender bias. Sure. Um, the thing is, when we go to school, when we went to school and studied design, we were like 50-50. You didn't, um, you didn't notice anything that is um, based on gender at school. But the moment we were out of the school and in the professional life, that 50-50 um, went to 75 to 25 and wow. um, as it, this is across all um, departments in in design, from architecture to, to graphic design, to um, from retail design to product design, everywhere. It Why is, do you think that is? Um, well, there are some statistics, some data out there, but there's nothing that you can put, a, put your finger on and then say that's the only reason. Um, but the thing is, um, there are, I mean, most studio owners or most, um, most owners of the, um, in the industry, it's male dominance. Mm. You can definitely see it there. So, um, and it's kind of what you see is what you get. They hire 
people like them. Mm. That's the general gender problem, I think, across all industries. Totally. Um, and um, it's a, it, basically we are economically disadvantaged. And um, once we start our businesses or once we're in the workforce, um, and then we also always lack equal opportunity to compete for opportunities, you know. Mm. And when you are an in- independent female designer, that's what we are backing, um, claiming our freedom costs us more work, doubles the responsibilities, but, you know, the share stays the same. We're always fighting for it mm. from, the, from scratch. And I love that. Well, first of all, I totally agree with that. I think it is across all industries. But you decided to create this really unique space to support female founders. And you did this back when you started this, what, in 2018, right? Yes. Uh, At what point did you decide I was going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to really focus on female entrepreneurs and build something and really be e-commerce focused also? I think there are so many things that you've done that have been ahead of the curve. Um, well, good to hear you say that. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, what we had was um, a larger-than-life experience. We um, relocated to the States from Europe in, um, in 2018, actually. Um, huh. And in about six months, we noticed that while we were making our home here, um, we noticed that there aren't many different uh, products out there. So, and we knew a lot of different products um, from the rest of the world. And um, we, I mean, we were in New York at the time and um, we expected that New York would show us many different things. Then it turns out that we had more in our own pockets to show. (laughs) So, um, and an e-commerce business was the, um, was a, you know, a, a beginning point um, to start. And then, yeah, rather than, you know, um, focusing on a location, on a space, we wanted to um, explore the, um, the feeling of it. Mm. Because what we had as an experience um, through our relocation um, it was we we wanted to um to adapt and making our home was the first process first milestone in that um adaptation um and then we tried to we tried to create the feeling of home in a new world mm. then when we launched the business covid happened and yep. it was a new world yeah. Rather than our own new world, it was a definitely new world for everyone. So when they all coincided, um, it was—I mean—it was a very unique experience. It still is. Um, and what can we, you believe we're still in this? It's like unreal. yes, Almost two years yes. later, you're like what? God, it's, it isn't um, over so yet. To- I'm sorry. I'm not getting <laughs> used to living like this. It's weird. <laughs> I know I used to get stir crazy in my home, but now thanks to brands like yours, you make your home just so like perfect and you make it exactly where you want to be and delicious and all the things. And so I feel like now we're kind of so used to it, Um, but it's thanks to brands like yours who really have this unique curated aesthetic experience that, that can be delivered directly to your doorstep. Um, So in the early days of COVID were, did you see, 
sales impacted and then now you're growing exponentially, I would assume. Share with us what that story was like for your brand. Um, well, the growth is now exponential, that's true. Uh, but because there is no previous data that we can compare to, um, COVID is um, what we all know. But um, we'll see what happens in these, um, you know, in this winter, this holiday season. Um, but everything, I mean, we're getting used to it, but it, I don't know if we're going to really go back to what we had before. Um, we'll see. But the thing is, I think what we should be appreciating, and I think that's on a global scale, um, we should be appreciating mindfulness more mm. and enjoying things in a slower fashion. This should be more. I think we should get more away from um, anything fast because I think the pandemic, what it taught us is to hold our horses a little bit. Mm. Holding your horses. <laughs> I love that. Um, and speaking of holiday, which you were talking about right before uh, telling us to hold our horses, which I could not agree with you more about, um, you had mentioned before we jumped on the recording that you have some really exciting holiday stuff coming up. Uh, can you tell us about what's possibly coming in New York? Um, well, it's um, in the works now. It's very exciting. Um, we are um, not only expanding our collection, but also have... Um, preparing a surprise for New Yorkers. So, um, well, stay tuned for that. Um, mm -hmm. You might be able to getting even closer to Darling Spring products um, in New York. Yeah. Oh, I love it. What a teaser. And with that teaser, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Crack Corn Popcorn, K-R-A-C-K cornpopcorn.com. It's sweet, it's salty. They are putting the fun back in snacking. And today, using Elevate to Crack Corn 25, you'll activate a 25% discount for online orders. Make sure you check them out online. You can also find them in Kroger's, Ralph's, Safeway, so many other of the grocery and convenience store chains all throughout the Midwest. Also, of course, on Amazon or on their website. Also check them out at Crack Corn on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I am chatting with Errol Sorbetsi, who is the co-founder of Darling Spring. Before the break, you were sharing with us a little bit of a teaser about a potential New York experience that uh, people can keep an eye out for. Um, you also have a House Beautiful feature coming up. Share with us a little bit about that, when we can expect that. Um, well, that's um, very exciting as well. Um, they are having their anniversary issue this October. Um, and we are being featured in there. Um, and um, you can reach it online or long live the paper. You can buy it anywhere. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, Very House Beautiful is, is, is an example of how um, magazines should be. So we are wow. very honored to be in there. Well, it is certainly the be-all, end-all for a designer, right? House Beautiful, Vanity Fair, Vogue, those are the types of, uh, of, of print exposures. That is a designer's absolute dream. So congratulations on that. Thank That's you. really, really exciting. Thank you. 
Um, so tell us what are the best sellers on the site? I know you have you so you so tell us how you started in terms of like the collections and I know you did a lot of do a lot of home goods and then did you expand out from there because you've got books and kitchenware and kids and baby and all this stuff. Did you start that expansively or did you start with a smaller collection and then increase? Um, well, it kind of start, started as as um, you what you see on the site um, today. Um, some collections are more, um, more minimalist mm. and some are, uh, more, um, maximalist in, in the sense of, um, types of products. Um, we are, I, I'm an interior designer and my partner is an architect. So we are, um, definitely into home, home mm -hmm. design. Um, but our mutual affinity was definitely around the table. Mm. So our tableware and kitchenware products are what we chose first, what we um, thought of mandatory, you know, um, essential. Um, so we began from there. And, of course, our um, enamelware collection um, is a bestseller. And um, so our customers cool. love it. And yeah. we are being called the the address for enamelware. So that's an incredible thing to hear from our customers. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, can you just share with us, like, what is enamelware? I, I mean, I hadn't really heard of it, honestly, until I looked on your site and we started having these conversations because it wasn't, you always think about porcelain and glass and other materials, but enamelware is like the new cool material. Well, actually, it is the oldest material. Right. Because it's, it's the old um, material, but it's, yeah. it's retro, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a, definitely a comeback. Mm -hmm. um, it is essentially the first non-stick uh, material because it's the base is steel or cast iron. You can use mm -hmm. any. Our, um, our line is based on steel. And um, it's enamel is basically a coat, um, a coating that is... Um, a mixture of glass and porcelain um, that is heated in very high temperatures. So it is amazingly durable. Um, and it has, it doesn't crack like a porcelain or glass would do. Mm -hmm. So if you drop it, it would chip, but never crack. Yeah, the durability is incredible. Yes. But honestly, the more important thing to talk about is the aesthetic that you've created, like the designs on the enamel uh, line that you've created are just so interesting. I think that they're actually too cool for me. Like I'm not cool <laughs> enough to actually have these in my cabinet. There's these just cool pops of color and these really saturated hues and very, um, very hip. Yeah. We are very proud of our designers who, do, um, who does that. Um, it's, it's an interesting take. We, I mean, during the last century, it was only, you know, maybe mostly two colors um, and that's it. And nothing as a design on it. Um, but now it's still handcrafted, which is an amazing thing. So it is unique in every piece. But it's also very, um, I mean, it's a dreamland for a designer. You can put anything on it. I so it. Yeah. it is, cool. it is very versatile in that sense. Definitely. And do you and your partner have the same aesthetic, different aesthetic? Is it complementary? Do you argue about what you're going to put on the shop? 
<laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I'm more on the maximalist side. I love color. I love patterns. Um, Banu is more on the minimalist side. She's, she's very cool about it. Um, <laughs> so I think when we found, when we find a mutual ground, that's our forte. Mm, got it. So, so you know that you've hit on a new product or a new look, um, when you're both like, yes, that worked. Yes. Yes. So it's kind of in between. Um, I think it's kind of eclectic in that sense. Um, and to me, I'm not a fan of trends. You know, I like heirloom things. I like things that go for a long time. Um, and that's a mutual thing, uh, with me and Banu as well. Um, but I think when, when we both say something that, um, that works, it is, it has that essential quality in it that you can love it today and tomorrow and you can pass it on to the next generations. I love that. And where does the name Darling Spring come from? What's the root of the name? Well, it's born on a long winter night, I must say. <laughs> we, were, we were longing for spring. And um, it kind of embodies the season of growth. Um, what well, we are after a fundamental transformation. Um, our, definitely, our, our motive is to um, find a gender equality in our industry. That is, while that is happening at the same time, I mean, spring is a season of change. Yeah. And with our designs, um, we are looking and searching for that change. We are trying to establish that change for, you know, for in spring, the divine aspects of femininity arise. Mm. That's also um, like making a full circle. Um, it's about instinct, intuition, receiving and protecting, you know, it's everything that is feminine that is for us, that is creative as well. Mm. So it's totally a celebration. And because that is something full of love, it is a darling. Mm. And where, um, I love, I I think that's such a fun combination of words. It's very much kind of rooted in who you are culturally and what you're trying to evolve its industry into. I think it's a perfect combination of those two pieces. So what does the future of Darling Spring look like in a perfect world? Oh, that's, well. Like, wave a magic wand. This is poof, the magic <laughs> of Darling Spring. Um, well, first of all, from our mission to um, to create change to be the you know to see it in activation mm. and um to help everyone having a better life to to build a better world um to well i don't know it's it's weird when when we when i hear my dreams out loud <laughs> <laughs> that's when they become actualized i think yeah like that if you write something down or say it out loud, it's 50% more likely to come true. Yeah. Yeah. I you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I mean, hopefully um, make it something regular to, to save your life's simple pleasures um, in a slow fashion together and um, with equality in mind. 
That's fantastic. So with that in mind, if anyone is interested in either purchasing the products or sharing with you their design aesthetic and their products and services um, and being coming involved with the uh, Darling Spring platform, how do they get in touch? Um, well, darlingspring.com. We are always there. Mm-hmm. And um, they can follow us on, on social media. We are there as well. And hopefully in New York this season. Um, and you know what What we, our customers um, call us? That we have a white glove service. Mm-hmm. The, the whole shopping experience is one of a kind. That's what we are very proud of. And um, this means that whenever you write to us, we respond. It's uh, mostly I who responds. Um, and it's we give tips, we give our know-how, and also whatever customization they need, um, we give. And everything comes in a gift-wrapped um it's, I mean, it's kind of surprised. That's why I don't want to, um, you know, spoil yeah. it. Don't but spoil then, it because it was such a lovely yeah. surprise when I saw it. I posted it on my social and shared it. It's you really create these moments of just magic with the products that you that you deliver and the way in which you deliver it. And I think that that is a lost art and one clearly that is key to how you're delivering for your clients. Thank you. That's what we're trying to do. That's um, that's like seeing the human human behind the design, behind the product, behind the service. We strongly believe in that. So we that's should be. Um, yeah, I think this should be the standard. <laughs> I I completely agree. We're gonna take another quick break. We'll be right back. Enjoying the episode? I certainly hope so. But we have no way to know unless you tell us. After this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app of choice and let us know what you love and what you want to hear next. This podcast is all about you. And how else are we going to elevate your brand unless you talk to us? All right. Thanks for sticking with us. We are talking with Errol Serbetsi, who is the co-founder of Darling Spring. Before the break, we talked a little bit about these moments of like joy and awe and why that's so important to a brand that is aesthetically driven. Um, was that always something that you delivered in terms of your design aesthetic, or is that more focused now that you have a business that you're delivering to an end consumer? It was always like that. Always. Yeah. Yes. It's our home is always, um, has been always like this. And it's something, it has to be aesthetically pleasing. It has to be functional. It's what good design is. Um, it should effortlessly combine elegance, intuitiveness, ease of manufacture. You know, everything should be presented in a beautifully simple solution. And that's quite hard to achieve. But once, you, once you're there, it's, um, it's eternal. Yes, I completely agree. You know, the, the, the most relevant example I guess I have of that is we just redid our house and we have these three huge shelves and they can carry big pieces down to small pieces. And to try and make the whole thing work is so incredibly challenging. It's like, um, um, oh, what's the Japanese art of design? I'm looking for a word and can't find it in my head. Uh, feng shui. Feng shui. Oh, right? yeah. So how much of design is just that gut feeling? And how much of it is all the training and the background like what? It, how much is it is is innate, and how much of it is trained in your mind? I think it's fifty fifty. Mm. 
it I think it's um also nature as well as nurture. Mm. Yeah. Um, not not everyone has the eye. True. Very true. <laughs> yeah. But um one can definitely learn or just um bring it in, you know, um search for and look for um tips and offers um and recommendations and then um learn by doing design is definitely learning by doing oh, it's i mean you should you should definitely um learn the basics learn the history but it's um actually doing it yourself that the, it's how you um create definitely so tell me, what are the design elements that you, you know, bring into your process? Do you listen to things like the rule of threes or is this kind of like innately part of you, uh, your training and your history? What are the rules that you, if any, that you listen to? Yes, definitely. Um, I think intention is the most important thing. Um, you have to have an objective um, and then the aesthetics of it. Um, your style is the major input in there and um, and the function the functionality of design is what it it's um, differentiation of, from art um, there is always a need to work to be functional and when you have the chance to combine all these three I think you have your answer mm. I love that. Well, we've only got a few minutes left. So in the last few minutes, I want to ask some personal kind of quick fire questions. So this is just whatever comes off the top of your head. The first question is, what is the one thing you could not live without during COVID? You can't say your own products, just FYI. <laughs> no, 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 it's sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. I love that. <laughs> Uh, what is your go-to cocktail of choice if you drink? If you don't drink, then whatever is your go-to vice? Um, it's gin and tonic. Always gin and tonic. Mm, I love it. Do you have a gin preference? Um, yes, Hendrix. Hendrix. So you, you prefer a London-style dry gin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. We're big gin fans in this family as well. Um, yeah. What is your favorite word and why? Um, it is celebration. Mm. I think life should, yeah, I think life should be a celebration at every moment. Mm. Even you're celebrating the moments itself. It should be a celebration. I totally agree. Um, any last words of wisdom about being in design or being a woman in design that you can share with our audience? Um... Well, look for the look for the small things that is not on the high street. Um, be willing to um, turn right to a less traveled path. Explore mm. that, discover that, um, and don't be afraid. I love it. Take the path less traveled, especially as it yeah. relates to design. Yeah. Errol, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you to everyone who tuned in. Stay tuned for more from Elevate Your Brand coming up next.